Amen. Well, so we find ourselves in the second week of this series that we're starting together, Close to Home. I mean, I mentioned this morning the cold weather a little bit because to me, I grew up in Minnesota. And so those of you who uh, were here, you know, it's the place where you breathe outside and you have this thing, that fog in front of you, right? Uh, Also ice and all this other treacherous stuff, which is why I now live in Hawaii. But there's something about waking up in the morning yesterday and finding, you know, I needed a blanket, right? You know, like it wasn't just I put a blanket on because it was my habit. It was I put a blanket on and I needed it. And then there around me, Ashley and I, my wife and I had decorated our entire house uh, for Christmas before we left for vacation so that when we came back from California, we could come home, right? And then there I was, my first full morning, and I was enjoying a blanket and my nice hot coffee with my, you know, wreaths up and the Christmas tree. And it just felt good, right? Because I think for a lot of us, this season of Advent, you know, where we decorate the Christmas trees and we do all of it, gives us this comfort for some of us. For some of us, it can stir up not always most comfortable feelings. You know, it can stir up reminding us of a loved one that is not with us or the brokenness of families. And so at the same time, some of us find a ton of comfort in this time. There are many of us that long for the feeling of home. Or perhaps you're still of, of the flock like me that is getting all of the Christmas cards in the mail and you're saying to yourself, I just don't have my life together and, and perhaps you don't even have your Christmas tree up or any of those things and you're feeling stressed out that you're just behind and you're just longing for that moment, right? This season where you can find what we talked about and you know, the candle, that peace, right? And so we find ourselves in as a community during this season of this both and. Of the people experiencing the gifts that we're celebrating on this time, and then the people that are longing for what we're proclaiming is coming on Christmas. So for some of us, we're finding the peace and comfort of being able to gather with folks for the first time, you know, having just come off of Thanksgiving with some of our families, and others of us long to be with our families or miss them dearly. Advent is this here but not yet mentality. That the kingdom of God is always with us. And it's a season that I love because it's this rhythm that Pastor Sarah talked about where we prepare ourselves for the coming of Jesus, who of course has come already, but we are promised will come again. Here and not yet mentality of Jesus on his way. So the question I might ask is, why then? Why then do we proclaim the words if they're not fully here? Why do we light the candle of hope, light the candle of peace, even amidst new variants of COVID and, you know, threats of potentially going backward, all of the things, why do we proclaim the words of Advent together? But words, I think, have power, don't they? That words, have you heard the phrase, create worlds? And our scripture reading this morning has a lot to do with words, doesn't it? Well, it does. Because our scripture reading finds itself of the prophet, John the Baptist, and the cousin of Jesus, and his parents most specifically. 
What you missed in the story, what you got in the story was John's birth and the proclamation of his father. And you might have caught that after naming John John instead of Zachariah, importance of a word, it says Zachariah's mouth was opened. Backtrack just a little bit. Where we were in the story is that an angel of the Lord appears to Zachariah in the temple and says to him, who is old of age and his wife too and not likely going to have kids at this point, says, you will have a son. You will have a son and he will lead the way for the coming of the Lord. And Zechariah says, like any rational person, right? I, I don't know about that, right? And then the angel of the Lord <laughs> closes his mouth, and he's unable to speak throughout the entire term of the pregnancy. Because to s- the power of words, I think, is, is there. That he doubted and then was unable to speak the words of doubt, or at that point, the words perhaps of optimism. Because when we speak things, they become our imagination, don't they? I, I know I shared the story a few weeks ago of wanting to, you know, go to Disneyland and when we went to California. We made it there. It was crazy. I'll tell you all about it later. But I was so excited because we got to go to the new area of Disneyland, the Star Wars area. And it was nighttime and we walked into the area and it was like I was walking into the Star Wars like world and it was awesome. And there we were and we, you know, we finally made it to one of the rides is like two hours long line. I was like, okay, we're not doing that. We're going to go to this other ride, the Millennial Falcon Smuggler's Run or something like that. And, you know, there we were, we were trying to do that ride. It was a short like line, 20 minutes before we go on to dinner. And so we're like hoping we're going to make it through. And then this happened to us a few times there. We're like in the middle of the, like, the line. They've been waiting for half the time, and then the ride shuts down, you know? And with little kids, you know, they're like climbing all over you and just asking what's happening. And, you know, so we were waiting, and they got on the speaker and said, we're having some technical difficulties. And then after waiting for like five more minutes, we're watching the clock because we're like, we got to go to dinner. We got to eat. Our kids are going to melt, all these things. All of a sudden, like someone gets on the intercom, and it goes, hello, smugglers. We'll be uh, commencing our, uh, our, I think we, hello smugglers, get ready to take off. And that that was his announcement that the ride had come back online and that it was going to work. And I remember thinking to myself, like, what did he just say, right? You know, and I turned to the people that were behind us and I said, so does that mean the ride has opened back up? And then this person that had been to Disneyland way more than I said, yeah, it means that. But they can't break character. So they're going to say smugglers get ready to take off. Because if they tell you that, you know, the ride came back online, it would lose the magic, right? And so they used specific language so that we would still envision ourselves preparing to take off on a flight. And they even call all of their employees, you know what they call them? Most of you know, cast members, right? Because they're actors in this magical drama that's unfolding, And Disney understands the power of the words because the words that we use create the world that we live in. The words that we use create the world that we live in. And friends, that is uh, hard for me to believe sometimes because, you know what, I like to follow, you know, have you ever heard the phrase Mother Teresa, you know, you know, act love and when I'll, or speak love often and when necessary use words. Have you heard that like phrase? I don't remember the exact quote. So you know, 
live out love and then speak it when necessary. The idea that our actions speak louder than words, I mean, that, that's part of what my mentality is as far as Christians in the world. And yet, as I was reflecting and preparing for this Sunday morning, I kept pondering about the words. And I remember that experience at Disney, and, and, there, and there is power there. And Zechariah knows it, and God knew it in this story, because the minute that they name the baby John, Zechariah's mouth opens, and he's now able to proclaim a word that I'm sure he was so excited to share. And if you notice that he goes on all the story of God and all the things that God's going to do with the Messiah and the coming, and then he says, but you, child, you, child, and then speaks his words to the child. I remember a a time in my life when I I was not certain of what I want to do or what God was calling me to do. And I sat down in my professor's office in undergraduate school and I was talking to him and I heard those words. Brian, you child, not exactly, but you child will do great things. God has called you for a purpose. And and it was hard for me to believe in the moment because, you know, I was just one amongst many of other people that are studying. And I'm not trying to say I'm great now, but it was the words of empowerment that gave me this sort of redefining of my identity. And I know that each one of you have been spoken those words by someone in your life, haven't you? Whether you're, you know, just right out of college and you're a a teacher's assistant trying to get your, you know, bearings and someone says to you, you're going to be great at this. Or whatever the job is that you find yourself, that those words of affirmation that a mentor or someone that you respect in your life, they change you, don't they? They change you. And, and I wonder about those words that Zechariah was able to proclaim about John the Baptist. Because surely it wasn't just the words of a father that were fleeting one moment and on, you, child, will do great things. No, I'm sure that he encouraged him with those words throughout his life. And so as John gets older and grows, he remembers the soft words of his father. You will do great things. And I believe that actions speak louder than words and we should live out love through what we do. But there's something about the words we could say. Just imagine one encounter this week with anyone, just as random as the clerk that checks you out in the grocery store and you say to them, I like your button, (laughs) right? Or whatever it is. Just a word of affirmation can become a moment of peace in someone's life that is otherwise experiencing chaos. And maybe not. Maybe it falls on deaf ears. Maybe they really didn't need need to hear anything positive. Maybe they find all the peace that they had. But remember, here but not yet. There are some people that are longing for this sense of peace and of hope during this season. Something missing, not able to find home but the words 
intentionally given to the people around us, even the strangers, can create a world, a world where peace is possible amidst the like shipping crisis and COVID-19, all of that, where peace is possible in their life. I've often wondered, what would it look like? I, I know many of people that have struggled with learning disabilities as they grow up throughout school. And, you know, they've given words that the society has said, like either ADHD or, you know, sometimes slow or ditzy or whatever it is that they give to the people that have these challenges. And I wonder, what if at least one community of their life, one community like us, a church community, rather than use the words that we get from society, found a new word for them? Because if you didn't know someone with ADHD, they have some things that distract them and make life challenging, but they also are brilliant and creative and do things their minds like, like, I just don't even understand, right? And so what if we talked about them as superpowers or, or put a positive word on our children rather than what the words that society can put upon them? And the burden becomes a gift, and they begin to live their life as if they have superpowers instead of a burden on society. And that is just one small way the words of peace that we could bring can truly usher in the kingdom of God here and now. And so I wonder, what would the words look like for you this week. And, you know, full disclosure, I woke up this morning having this on my heart. And I was there, you know, praying and reading my Bible, doing my thing in the morning, right? And then Hudson, like, groggy, walked through the door, my oldest child. And I thought to myself, I wonder if I've said the words enough to him. And so he walked through the door and I go, Hudson, I love you. And you're such a good kid. I'm so proud of you and all that you do. I know he, he, he's on his way to the bathroom. He like shrugged me away and you know, whatever. But it was a reminder for me, even with my own children, do I say the words enough? And I'm not trying to say I don't. But I wonder if we did it more often, what would it do for the world around us? So how can you use your words to create peace? We got some rain coming down. I love this. This is great. Hopefully it's not too flooding though. We'll stay in here as long as we need. What if? What if the word that you will speak this week in someone's life will truly create the peace that Christ brings to this world. That's our, that's our hope. The here but not yet. Because they create this foundation for home where we tell people an overabundance of what sometimes feels like it's self-explanatory. But you know, when your boss says to you, hey, you're doing a good job, 
actually says it. When your kid says to you, hey mom, I probably haven't told you this enough, but you were a great mom growing up. Those hit you. And they bring you home. And they remind you of the love of Christ during this time. So as we're told we need to go buy and get and do all these things for everyone, I hope that our words might become peace, hope, joy, and love for people. And that just like Zechariah, this season would open up our mouths and we would proclaim beauty into the world and it would become what we see in the world. And shoot, if the cast members at Disney can do it in their everyday language, surely we can do it with things that are so much more powerful and meaningful. Painting peace in the world where there is chaos. I invite you to uh, pray with me. Gracious and loving God, we pray that like Zachariah, whose mouth was opened to proclaim the hope and the peace that was to come and also the blessing upon his son, John, that those words might inspire us this Advent season as we prepare for the coming of your son. They might inspire us to share those same words with our own children, with our neighbors, our parents, even the strangers which we encounter that our words might create a world where peace is here and now. Let it be so. Amen.